0: We often hear a lot about this word, destiny. As Christians, we know that our ultimate destiny is eternal. But in the midst of leading such busy and hectic lives, we rarely stop to think about what eternity really means. I'm Pastor Dudley Rutherford, and this is the Lift Up Jesus radio program. Thank you for tuning in today. I do not think that it's an accident that you're tuning in and listening this very moment. We are here Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on KKLA. So meet me here every weekday and encourage your friends and family to listen as well. Can you do that, please? I do not think that it's an accident that right now when we're on the radio that you are tuned to this radio station. I want to invite you to visit us at Shepherd Church at one of our three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, or Aqua Dulce. If you do not have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com, that's liftupjesus.com, for locations and service times. I hope that I see you this weekend at church if you don't have a church home. Be sure to stick around until the end of today's program because I have some special information that I want to share with you when this message concludes. Now let's get right into our teaching for today. We've been looking at a series called I Love L.A. And if you've not been here, we've been looking at some of the, the icon. When you think of L.A., you think of these things. And then we've been using those icons to springboard into spiritual truth into to our, our messages each week. We started talking about the beaches. Now uh, That was the very first week, and we looked at the fact that God is a creative God; that He's a faithful God, and that God is a powerful God. And then I preached a message, probably my favorite message so far in the series. It's called "Lessons in the Valley," and that uh, if you're in a valley, uh, it's just you—you've gone from one mountaintop and you're on your way to the next mountaintop. And that God has not forsaken you; that God will be with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Today, I want to speak to you on the freeways. The freeways of LA. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. The 405 freeway is considered the busiest interstate in the United States of America. And if you remember at the beginning of the year when I announced this theme, uh, I love LA, I I said these words to you. I said, if you don't love people, you don't want to live here in Los Angeles. And that's especially true on the L.A. freeways, amen? Amen. How many of you know the freeways are just always crowded? They're just crowded. Uh, On my Facebook page, I did a poll. I do that every once in a while. I I, I do a sermon poll. And I said, fill in the blanks, the Los Angeles freeways are what? And I had all kinds of answers. Michelle Kilroy said they are nerve-wracking. Lynette Towns wrote, they are a lesson in patience. Dana Montague said, they are a necessary torture. <laughs> How many of you feel that way? They're a necessary tortures what they are. Brian Waller said, it's the best parking lot in town. <laughs> Comedian Nazareth said, it makes, it makes angry people mention God a lot. <laughs> Julie Romero said, they are a place to pray. Hopefully with your eyes open. Winilla Calzada Jr. wrote, and this is funny, he wrote, uh, the freeways are where I get to listen to the whole Bible. (laughs) That's a long time, brother. And my favorite was Jessica Gillian who said, the reason they call it the 405 is because it takes 405 hours to get where you want to (laughs) go. ask myself, who are all these people? And where are they all going? And why are they going when I want to go where I want to go? The crowded freeways reminds me of the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter seven on the Sermon on the Mount. And I want you to write this down where he mentions two roads. And I want you to remember this because I'm going to come back to this thought at the very end of this message that there are two roads, and there are two gates, there are two uh, sizes of groups, and of course there are two destinies. Two roads, two gates, two crowds, and two destinies. I want you to look at these words, and if you are a Christian uh, for a long time, you're very familiar with this, these two verses, and if you're new to the faith, uh, you will see there's a lot of, truth uh, to what Jesus is talking about. And these are his words. Jesus says in verse 13, Matthew chapter seven, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And there are many people that enter through it. That, that reminds me of the LA freeways. But then he says in verse 14, but small is that gate and narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. And there's only a few people that even find that road, two roads, one is narrow, one is wide, two gates, one is narrow, one is wide, two crowds, one crowd is few, one crowd is many two destinies one is eternal life and one is eternal destruction now in your notes i want to look at some truths that are found in these two verses number one that the christian life begins with an initial decision jesus began that passage by saying enter through the narrow gate it's not a suggestion it's what he wants you to do We have five great lakes up there between uh, the United States and Canada. And one of those uh, five great lakes is called Lake Huron. And there's an old port city called Owen Sound. It's a great summer vacation destination, a variety of activities. They have these things called historic walking tours. And one of the walking tours is called Salvation Corners Route. And it features a tour where you walk down uh, from the port you walk to this intersection on 10th street and 4th avenue where at the intersection of 10th and 4th on each of those four corners is a beautiful church building and they call it salvation corners because of the church on every corner Now, that is no small thing because Owen Sound was once known as a corkscrew city. It was called the Little Chicago to the North. It had a reputation of vice and villainy for all the sailors who came to port. And so while on the corner of 10th and 4th, which was known as Salvation Corners, literally one block away on the corner of 10th and 3rd Avenue was called Damnation Corners because there were four hotels of dubious reputation once dominated that intersection. Our text today suggests that there are two intersections or two avenues. One we will call Salvation Avenue. The other we will call Damnation Avenue. And each of those avenues, uh, there's a gate that you have to walk through to enter down that avenue. And as you walk down that avenue, one leads to everlasting life, and one leads to destruction. And I want you to understand that every single person in this room right now, you are living on one of those two roads. Every single one of you have entered one of those two gates. Christianity, if you've chosen the narrow road, it began with a decision. You had to make a choice. It's a determination that you had to enter one of those two gates and you decided to enter that narrow gate. Now, I want you to write this down. God created us with this thing called free will. You get to choose. In other words, you are not a robot. God could have created each and every one of us as robots. Where you did not have freedom to choose and you he created you that every day of your life 24 hours a day seven days a week That every moment of every day you would just simply walk on this planet and simply do whatever God asked you to do But God did not create you that way He could have programmed you pre-programmed you as you do a robot or a computer But God wanted to create us as humans with the ability to choose and so every person here has free will. And, uh, you should thank God that he created you with the ability just to make decisions and you get to choose. You get to choose whether or not you honor him or not. You get to choose whether or not you want to live for him. You get to choose whether or not you want to accept him or to reject him. You get to choose which roads you'd like to travel. You get to choose which gate that you would like to walk through. And therefore you get to choose your destiny and make no mistake about it the road to heaven if that's what you desire and just show of hands how many of you would like to go to heaven you'd like to go to heaven well the only way you're ever going to get to that destination and i want you to write this down is you must walk through this one little narrow gate called jesus he's the only way you're going to get there jesus himself said these words in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. And there's always people who think, well, Jesus isn't the only way to go to heaven. There's always people who think, there are many ways to get to heaven, And you will see as you stay with me through this sermon that that's not true. There aren't many ways to get to heaven. You will discover there are many ways to get to hell. (laughs) But there's only one way to get to heaven. And that's through having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at John 14, verse 6 again. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. In John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. I had another friend uh, two weeks ago that, was, that died while riding his bicycle. Uh, he had a collision with, a, with an automobile. And this past Monday, six days ago, was his funeral. And the church... That his wife attended because he didn't go was packed he had a lot of friends and at the funeral they said these words they talked about how the fact that he loved life that he loved cycling that he loved golf that he loved people that he loved wine that he loved helping those in need that he gave a lot to charities the problem is that none of those things save a person and afterwards i was talking to a mutual friend who said to me you know that guy he he was not a religious person He, he didn't really have faith of any kind but he sure was a good guy and uh he did a lot of good things and then he made this comment he said i am sure that god has made room for him up there in heaven And I thought to myself, "No, that's not how it works. The road to heaven is a narrow road. It's got a narrow gate, and that gate is Jesus Christ." And I know, I know, it's very difficult, and it's, it's. I, I know people uh, think that this is narrow-minded. It is a narrow road, and it is a narrow gate. And I explained to people, if I was in charge, if I was in charge, you know, I'd let everybody in. Wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you wouldn't let everybody in. Uh, I, I mean, uh, the people that have done really, really bad things, you wouldn't let them in. But you'd let everybody else in. But the problem is you're not in charge. This is not your world and God's living in your world. It's God's world and you happen to be living in His world. You know, I, I was thinking, if, 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 if I had a million dollars and I said to you, hey, uh, t- tomorrow, uh, be here at the church, and uh, you, you have to wear red shoes. If you have red shoes on, we're going to give the million dollars to someone. And you show up with blue shoes. And I'd look at your blue shoes you're out. Um, why? Because it's my rules. It's my game. I get to decide. I said red shoes. Okay, and you showed up in blue. You're not getting a million dollars. You, you would understand that because it, it's, it's, my, it's my gig. It's my story. Uh, well, God, the God, God, heaven belongs to God, and it's God's rules, and it's God's plan, and he's the creator of God of the universe. And God is the one who said, hey, if you want to go to heaven, the only way you're getting up there is by having a relationship with my son, Jesus Christ. Well, then those are the rules. That's the only way you're getting in. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Acts 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there is, no, there, is, there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And I'm sorry if that offends you in any way, shape, or form. But instead of arguing that point, you just need to understand that you need to have a relationship with God's Son, Jesus, who died on a cross in your place for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, the second point cannot be missed. The text speaks of initial, an initial step, but it also speaks of the truth that the Christian life is much more than just making a one-time initial step, that the Christian life, this text speaks, write this down, of your life after the initial step. In other words, not only is the gate narrow, but the life you live after you enter through that narrow gate is sometimes difficult and can be lonely now you can choose to live on the wide road I'm going to illustrate to you this point in just a few moments that most people are on that wide road and they're all headed in the wrong direction but trust me when I tell you that if you want to live on the narrow road you must make that choice you must make that decision. Now, when you look at a wide road, what, what makes it wide? And you can write this down. What makes the wide road wide is that it has many lanes. You know, the 405 freeway can have four lanes or five lanes. It, it can have a total of ten, five that way and five this way. And so what are some of the lanes on the wide, on the wide road that leads to destruction? Write this down. One would be called the unbelieving lane. The unbelieving lane. I read an article this week that one-fourth of all Americans now say they have no faith of any kind. So if we have 400 million people in this country, that means we have 100 million people already walking or living on that that one lane called the unbelieving lane. How is it possible that uh, the United States of America, that was founded on godly principles, how can we now have one-fourth of our citizens... Uh, 100 million people claiming today to have no faith of any kind well it's because we're becoming a secularized nation we've taken god out of our schools we used to teach our children about god we used to pray in school in class we used to have the 10 commandments on the walls of the schools but we've taken god out of those schools you can't even mention god's name anymore in those schools and so we're raised up a generation of kids that no longer believe or have faith in god Uh, many people uh, are atheists or they are they're agnostic we have a lot of what we call foxhole promise people you say what is a foxhole promise those are people who get themselves in a jam and say god if you help me get out of this situation i will serve you and they get out of that god gets them out of that situation they never they never serve god Uh, we have people you know the bible says in john 3 verse 16 for god so loved the world that whosoever believeth In him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we just have a lot of people who don't believe. They don't believe in Jesus. A fourth of this country uh, would be in this this lane. The second lane, write this down, is the unconcerned lane. The unconcerned lane. These are people who might actually have a think about how many people in the country are like this. These are people who actually have a faith, they have a belief in God but they're just unconcerned about spiritual matters. They're too wrapped up in the physical matters. They're more concerned about making money. Do you know anyone who's more concerned about making money than honoring God? Do you know anyone who's more concerned about fame and popularity or their hobbies or perhaps their family? They're more concerned about pleasure. They're more concerned about work than they are God. There's a lot of people who have a head knowledge of God, but they're just unconcerned about honoring God. I want to read to you these verses in 1 John chapter 2. The Bible says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in this world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. And then it says in verse 17 that the world and its desires will one day pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives what? Forever. My friend who passed away was a great guy, but he was simply unconcerned about the things of God. And so there are two roads one is wide, there are many lanes. One lane, is the unbelieving lane. One is the unconcerned lane. The third, write this down, would be the religious or the good works lane. These people might actually be active in church, but they're trusting in the wrong thing to save them. They are trusting in their good works or they are trusting in their good looks. And you say are you going to go to heaven they'll say yes i took communion this last weekend i I went to shepherd i took communion i must be saved taking communion is not going to save you well i go to church every christmas and every easter and there will be some people who will stand before almighty god and he'll say why should i let you in and they will say because i went to shepherd on easter and on christmas twice a year i go You see, that's trusting in works. I volunteer. I'm nice to people. I pay my taxes on time. Listen, if you could get to heaven by being good or doing good, then Jesus died for nothing. Most people in this country believe that at the end of life, it's like a scale. If they've done more good things, it doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be just barely more good than bad that god is just going to let them into heaven that is called works salvation and uh most religions teach that anytime you meet someone of a different faith and uh, just ask them this question well what does your faith teach how do you get to go to heaven when you die and they will explain to you that that faith whatever it is doesn't matter what the faith is they will explain to you well i get to go to heaven based on if i do these six things or if i if i'm good if i treat my neighbor uh, up, uh nicely that i will get to go to heaven it's called work salvation the bible says in isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 that all of our all of our righteous acts those are good acts all of our righteous acts are nothing but filthy rags that we all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins will one day sweep us away Ladies and gentlemen, you you will never get to heaven based on doing good works or good deeds. All of your good deeds all piled up in a big pile does not deserve all that heaven is worth. The only way that any of us will ever get to heaven is if we commit our life and surrender our life to Jesus Christ, the one who died on that cross for our sin. I want to thank you for joining me today at Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. You know, it's so wonderful that technology allows us to hear the message of the gospel over the radio waves. But we'd also love to have you come and hear God's word in person at Shepherd Church. I would love for you to come visit our church. We have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Aqua Dulce. So wherever you live in Los Angeles, you can get to one of our campuses in about 20 minutes. Because you know, there's not a lot of traffic on Sunday mornings. We are a multi racial, multi generational church that is built on biblical preaching and dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you might be going through children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs from kids to adults. We have care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or some serious illness like cancer. We invite you to come. Check us out during one of our many service times on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Visit our website at liftupjesus.com. That's liftupjesus.com to get more information about our church, our locations, and our service times. If you feel led to support us in this radio outreach, I invite you to partner with us at liftupjesus.com. Would you come and help us lift up his name? Come and help us lift up Jesus to this lost and dying world. For a financial gift of any amount, we will send you our Anchored Bible Study Journal. This journal features a Bible reading plan. There's a page to journal for every day of the year. There are thought-provoking questions and inspirational quotes that will take you deeper into God's Word. Again, you can call us toll-free at 888-818-4777 or visit our website at liftupjesus.com We would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. And remember to meet me, Dudley Rutherford, here every weekday, 7 p.m. as we continue to Lift Up Jesus.